Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Echo Leadership Podcast with Andy Wood. My name is David Hibiski and I'm privileged to be here with Andy Wood today having a conversation on leadership. And Andy, it's episode five. Episode five, baby. Episode five. This is going to be a great one. I'm glad you're back. By popular demand, bro. <laughs> Thanks, I man. Think, I think it's the head. Everybody, it, the shiny head. It's For those haircut. of you who are listening and you can't see David, has a he's not a skinhead, but he has a shaved head. There is hair. We yes. shave it. But hey, let's talk about leadership, not my hair. Here we go. All right. So a lot of times in leadership, I think we get to these places when we lead where we can feel stuck. Right. Uh, you can feel it or you can actually get stuck in your leadership somewhere. And I think one of the big questions that we have is like, how do we get through that? And so I know a lot of times we get questions on this. How do I break barriers, growth barriers? Um, I feel capped. So Andy, we want to have a conversation around this. So tell us just a little bit about how you get unstuck. Well, I think also one, one way to frame this is that for us right now, we're still stuck (laughs) in so many different ways in our lives. You know, we live in California. Uh, Our church can't uh, at this point meet physically where everything's online. So the organization that we started, that was one way we had to pivot. We're in this like in-between zone. How long is this going to be? So we feel stuck there. And then, you know, for a lot of us, things that we normally do in life, we can't do. So we feel stuck at home. And it's easy in a season like right now to feel stuck. But generally speaking, there are things in our lives that we want to change. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's, you know, personal, you want to lose weight, or maybe there's a project that you wanted to do around your house. I know, like last year, you built a shed out back. Um, and sometimes you'll see things like that that you want to do for a really long period of time. And they'll, the longer you wait on a dream or a vision or a plan that's there or something that you really want to change, it almost seems like that begins to weigh heavier on you mm. the longer you you, you yeah. sit there on it. And it's not that you can do everything at once. And one of my big challenges is taking on way too many things at one time to change. But I think that there's a general framework of how you can get yourself unstuck. I kind of fell into something. So last month I had an appointment and it was basically, I, I, I work with a coach who walks through different areas with me and I had an appointment with him and I the appointment basically was scheduled and the guy had to cancel. So I, I had the hour there and I'm like, well, why don't I just coach myself? You know, I have an hour in my schedule. Why don't I take the time to actually do the thing that I was thinking I would do or work on the thing I wanted to work on? So I took the whole hour and I got way more done in the hour by myself than I did with the coach. Now, actually, that guy doesn't coach me anymore. After I did it myself, I was like, well, I probably, if I'm paying somebody, they probably should actually be helping me more than I can help myself. But one of the things that a great coach does is a great coach asks great questions. Hmm. So I began to think, what what if I could flip that same concept on its head and be the one asking myself great questions? So hmm. I love to, you know, get in rooms and ask people. I do this with our team all the time. You know, we're always asking questions. That's how we learn. That's how we grow. But what if you flip it on yourself? So one of the key things I think is that you got to have the space or the margin in your schedule to coach yourself. So what I, w- I would like to encourage you to think about as a leader is take one hour over a one-month period of time. So we release this podcast every month, beginning of the month. What if you took one hour, 
and set aside that one hour to coach yourself and let's see how much we can get done in one hour. So I'm going to give you some kind of thinking tools that will help you coach yourself. That's really good. And I think when you said this, like coaches, when somebody's coaching themselves, it's really the coach is not necessarily telling you what to do. Right. So sometimes like a mentor you might go to and you're like, can you just tell me what to do? Correct. When you go to a coach, you really want them to help guide you. They're like the guide. They're asking you the questions. They're helping you self-discover, right? right. So in some ways – You've got to get good at asking the right questions. Yeah, I think that brings up a really good point. There's, there is a difference between a coach, a consultant, a mentor. Mm-hmm. I, I think of a consultant or a mentor much more. They have an expertise. You're going to them with a narrow lane. You're asking them a very specific question. And they're giving you, based upon massive amounts of wisdom, a distilled plan of action or some principles. But they're, they're really prescribing for you like a doctor yeah. would here's a way you can move forward. Which which kind of helps people because I think sometimes when we feel stuck, we get into a situation, we think, I don't know what to do, right. so how do I get myself out of it? But to coach yourself, you don't have to have the answer. Right. You just have to be good at asking your own self questions. Yes, exactly. Right? Yeah. So everybody can do this no matter where they feel that they're at. Yeah, you can this. do th- You could take this this principle and tool that we're about to share with you. You could use it in your family. Mm-hmm. You could use it in your career. You could use it for a project. Or, I use this paradigm for a project I wanted to get accomplished at my house. So there's a lot of different applications of how you can get yourself unstuck. That's awesome. Well, let's jump into it, man. So what is the name of this tool? It's a great name. It's the whoop method. (laughs) The the whoop method. So there you go. So if you can't remember the whoop method after this podcast. It's not whoop. It's whoop (laughs) like that. And not from Texas A&M, right? Yes, exactly. uh, They'll do the the little whoop thing there. So um, whoop, uh, we're assuming that that stands for something. Yes, it's an acronym. It's an acronym for wish, obstacles, overcome, and plan. So there's four aspects and so if you took an hour, you could walk through what we're about to share with you. All right. So the first one you said is wish. So let's talk a little bit about that. Like what, what is the wish as part of this tool? Yeah, there are a couple of different ways to think about this. One is like a, if you could wave a magic wand over your life with you know, one or two things that you'd like to see get accomplished or one to two things that you'd like to change. So I, the more narrow, the more specific it mm. is, the easier it is to make progress. So my biggest challenge is I try to get too much done in too short of a period of time. So if you, you I'm sure nobody else can relate to that at all. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Like I'm a glutton for that punishment yes, right we, there as well. We all have a tendency to like, okay, I'm going to take on a lot and it, it doesn't always go well for me. Um, so one, one thing you'd love to change or accomplish and give yourself maybe a, a quarter, two or three mm. months to get, to get something accomplished. Um, and you know, I'll, I'll give you a, the, the example, I wanted to build a bookshelf in my house was like a kind of designed bookshelf. Which people need to know for you to do manual labor, like building something. That's right. That's a big deal. Like y'all may not understand this. I know that there's a comedy to me building a bookshelf. Um, but now I do have a bookshelf. You and, do. You did a great job. And so well I, I got in mind, okay, I want to, you know, I walked through my room, the office where it was, and it started speaking to me, not audibly, but with an internal <laughs> impression. And the voice was like, I want to be an office. I want to be, I want to have a bookshelf on me, the wall said. So then I narrowed it down. And uh, for the longest time, another example was like launching a leadership podcast. So getting the more and more specific you can make it, the easier it is gonna, it's going to be to make progress. So I would just encourage people, like pick an area, pick an area personally or pick an area with your, your profession, with your job. Maybe it might be something along the lines of I want to improve the quality of the team that I work on or I want to get better at 
managing people. I want to, for a period of time, really hone in on that. Mm. But the more narrow it is, the easier it's going to be to make traction. Let me ask you this. So would you recommend, I mean, because like you said, we often take on too much. Right. Every person right now listening is thinking through, like you just said, home, my physical fitness, my leadership, my, my finances, whatever. Like we're all thinking through this. Do you, when you do this, do you take one area across the all, or do you kind of like pick one thing per kind of category, if you will, of your life? Yeah. You know, I think of it, uh, maybe I said this last week about uh, roadblocks and rockets. I got that originally from Larry Osborne, that there oftentimes are really big roadblocks that are Mm. in the way of forward progress. So I try to think of like something that I've wanted to do that if I got it done, I would feel really good about. Like it would mm-hmm. really lift the lid for me. So uh, here's another example. Um, since COVID, we we had two cars at the front end of COVID. Um, I got rid of one right when COVID started. And then now as things started opening up again, we only have one car. And Stacy and I are getting in like, you know, back and forth about who gets the car, when. And it worked for a while when nobody was leaving, but now we're leaving half the time. It's a problem. So I just had to narrow in, okay, by the end of the month, I need to to get a car. And it seems complicated, but for me, I'm just like, I got to – so if it's something that is really holding you back and there would be a tremendous amount of relief if you got it off your plate, you'd feel better. To me, that's the kind of category of things. Now, gotcha. stuff like losing weight and you know quality stuff, improving a team, all that's great too. But you might you might want to start with something that's more like okay, a project that you like can a shorter term take yeah. the pressure off. But then you might also plan like in thirty years, I want to be healthy when I retire. <laughs> thirty years, yeah, right? Yeah, like yeah. that's another that's the physical health. That's another one. So all right, so we got our wish. The one thing that we want to try and accomplish, we're going to try and refine that down as focused as possible with what's going to help us move forward. Yeah. And then what's the next step we need to take? Okay, so the second is the O, It's the or the first of the two O's, it's obstacles. So at this point, I want to ask, what are the biggest challenges that surround that thing? So in doing this, I'm wrestling through, why haven't I already done the mm. thing that I want to do? So right now, I'm, I'm working on, uh, I'm going to publish my first book. I've determined... Uh, even if it costs me a finger, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna publish my first book by the time I'm 40. So I just in my mind I'm like I'm I'm gonna get it out there. And everybody's question right now is how how, how which, far which, is that oh, or which finger? Which finger? It's gonna be Some my people are which finger. finger. Some people. It all depends on how much credit they're giving you right now. Yeah. So so uh, so I wrestled through why don't why haven't I written a book yet? Yeah. So n- number one, like I just, I actually just did this. This was part of my coaching. I don't have a plan. So I, I mm. feel like I need to know how to go about it. I don't have a publisher. Um, I feel like I don't have enough time. When I started this conversation back, uh, you know, s- six weeks ago I or two months ago, I had never written before. So I'm like, well, I can't write. I just speak. I'm not going to be able to write a book because I've never written before. So I just kind of, I started unpacking all those things. And what you start to see is when you put them on paper, you begin to realize that a lot of those things are actually excuses for hmm. why you aren't doing the thing that you know you want to do. Do you think when you when, when you think about this, like do you – they're excuses, but do you break it down at all into this is a real obstacle? Like because mm-hmm. some obstacles are – there's really a stand-in-your-face obstacle that you got to come up. And, but some may be like perceived obstacles. Right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, does that help you at all to try and differentiate those two? Yeah. Like one of the one of the perceived obstacles is that I, I wouldn't know how to sell a book. Right. Mm. So like yeah. 
yeah, I, I might not yet know how to sell books, but there's a lot of things in my life I've figured out that I didn't know before I f- did them. You know, so yeah. I, I have to like kind of loop my thinking back to figure out the origination of my mm. stupidity and then kind of rebuild software around, okay, I can, tr- I can trick my thinking with new software that I put in there. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. So, so when you come into this, you see people, um, oftentimes we have obstacles, they're there, we can identify them, but why is it we still feel stuck sometimes when we get there? Like what's the, the why sometimes that yeah, we start to hit? So part of it is like an obstacle, you, number one, you don't know how big it is. You, sometimes you don't feel like you know how to get over the obstacle. You stare, the longer you stare at the obstacle, the bigger the obstacle looks. So it's kind of like when you do a Spartan race or, you know, these big beast runs where there's like a 10 foot wall, the longer you look at the wall, the bigger the wall is. Yeah. So yeah. that, that kind of leads us into the second of the O's, which is to overcome. Can I ask you one thing yes. before that? Uh, cause I know for like our leaders, like some are going to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to get to the plan and the back end and they're going <laughs> to yeah, want to skip on. this part. How long do you typically try to camp here? Yeah, I would, I would want to know like, what are my big four reasons for not doing it yet? Like it, I wouldn't, I wouldn't spend a massive amount of time. Some of it is just figuring out how can I change that obstacle? Yeah. How can I transform that obstacle? Because you're, I mean, if for those of you who maybe don't know Andy, you're you're kind of one of those people who's like, you're ready to move, you're ready to go. Yeah. So you're not going to want to stay here forever. Um, but some people listening might, they might stay here too long. Yes. So what would you say for them is like you, like how to move past that, like to get, get moving. Yeah. Um, I think the more you can, the more you can break down. You know, for example, if I don't, I haven't had a plan, mm-hmm. what, what are the different components of a plan that I would need to feel good about moving forward? Well, I would need to know that I had to have a publisher. I would need to know that I have to have a book proposal. I would need to know. And then like trying to break it down into the, the elements that I could eventually take action. I, you, again, you, yeah. you can feel it just in the way I'm talking about it. I naturally just want to get to go. I want to. Because I think the important thing is you're in this phase. You're not trying to get all the answers. No, 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 no. You're just identifying the obstacles because that leads us to, like you said, the second. Yeah, I'm trying to get dislodged. So I'm trying Mm. to get enough clarity around what are the big issues so that I can dislodge the boulder. Mm -hmm. So the longer I think about why the boulder's there, the less likely I am to lift the boulder. You know, so I need I, if I'm giving all my energy to all the reasons why this thing's here, it's not going to help me move the thing that's there. Yeah. So I just need I need enough to get myself to five to ten strategic actionable items that I can take on it on with the, the obstacle that's in front of me. Absolutely. And that's where we come into the second of the O's, which you said, which is overcome. Yes. So how do we how do so we overcome I, you this? You know, when you're when you take an obstacle, every obstacle can be transformed. So every obstacle potent within that is an opportunity. I don't know a publisher yet, but I had a conversation with a publisher today that could one day, or an agent today that one day could be a relationship long term that helps me get multiple books promoted. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, an agent, but I do have a friend who's published three books. I don't know how to write, but I could do a 40-day journal for our church 
and test my skills of writing. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to say what w- within this obstacle, how can I change it to see it more opportunistically to yeah. get to then begin to overcome the thing that stands between me and what I know I already want to do. So at this phase, it's almost like you're getting into a brainstorm phase. Yes. Like the uh, sometimes we've said this in like creative meetings. It's like the blue sky. Like open up the skies and limit. Like let's just let's get ideas. Don't shoot them down. Don't make excuses for them. We're just making a list of possible yes. ways to overcome the obstacles. Yeah, and I think w- w- one aspect of this that's super important. If you're a perfectionist, this will be really hard. If you if you're trying to come up with the perfect plan, mm-hmm. it's really hard to move forward on a vision. So I want a good plan. Like a good plan, well executed, is way better than a perfect plan in theory. And a lot of people want to get that perfect plan and put it in a drawer. I want to get a good plan and get moving on stuff. Yeah. Because the action is ultimately what you're after. Yeah, that's what's going to You're after the fruit that's going to come from the actions. Yes. So we've got the wish. We've determined what we want. We've got our list of big obstacles, like the big rocks keeping us from it. Yeah, let me say one more thing. On, On the obstacle side of things, when you're trying to overcome it, I would just say every if you got four obstacles and each obstacle you said, how can I turn this obstacle into an opportunity? Mm-hmm. Just one way to turn it into an opportunity will give you some really clear. You know, there's a way right there, too. And you're shifting your thinking. Mm-hmm. It's really a mindset. So if you're ma- I, I think about like if you're doing this with a team, you're going to have some in your team who's going to be the but person. Yeah. Yeah. But, but they're going to be like, yeah, but yeah, but I always like how people say I want to be the devil's advocate. It's yeah, like it's with, true. He does not need another advocate. So right now, if you're listening to this with your team and you're saying, "I don't want to be the dev- I want to be the devil's advocate on this," just know, uh, well, maybe not look at everybody else right now, yeah. right? Like that's the that's don't the look point. at the devil's advocate. Yeah, yeah. So, so because we're gonna have somebody who says, "Yeah, but," but the, I think the important side of what you're saying in this is we're shifting the way that we think about the obstacle. Yes, we're seeing it now in light of. It creates an opportunity. Yeah, and we're not we're not at all saying that the obstacle is not real. Yeah, it's, it's like, there. Yeah, it exists, but I I refuse to accept the obstacle as a reason that I can't do the thing that I want or God wants me to do. It's just some of this is back to like the whole enneagram stuff we've talked about before. I'm an eight, yeah. and the worst like the thing to the worst thing you can say to an eight is you can't. <laughs> so 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 true. If you so, want to motivate an eight, say you can't. Yeah, so maybe for some of our listeners even, um, some of them are in that same boat. Yeah. Some of them are just need to hear that. Like, like t- change the way that you see an obstacle. Change the way that you think about it. Even in our meetings and our teams, change the way that you talk about it. Yes. Because all of these things really do impact how we are going to approach this. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Like an optimistic, faith-filled we got this, we can take this, we're going to move forward, is really going to help us move. Yeah. And some of the greatest solutions you'll come up with is just out of that transformation of your thinking. Absolutely. So so then we come up with ways to overcome. Now, what's the last step of the, the tool? Yeah, so this is this is where the rubber meets the road. It's the plan. And it's what, what are, real simple question, what are five actions I could take to move this forward? So like within... The next week or two weeks or whatever period of time that you set to say, I'm going to do five things that I can to move this vision mm-hmm. forward. So, for example, on the book, right? I'm, I'm really hot on this right now. I can't so, tell. <laughs> tell me some more about it. So I I talked to a mentor about it. 
Um, I have a board, you know, we have a board member. I talk to a publisher. I talk to an agent and I just put in my calendar or on my task list, I'm going to do these things Mm. and I'm going to leverage my network and I'm going to do it by the end of August. So I want to, I want to do everything I can by the end of August on these actionable items Mm -hmm. and that simple, clear, you know, I might get told no. I've had conversations where I, I threw my pitch out there. It didn't go as well. I refined my pitch. Next time I got on the uh, call with somebody, I knew the, a better question to ask. And I was like, okay, my pitch is better this time because the person thought about it. And they're like, oh, that's good. So I, I just – I'm learning as I'm going, but I'm not going to allow those things that stand as obstacles to prevent mm-hmm. me from actually taking the actionable items. So That's really good. So in your plan then, how do you – how do, Hold so, yourself accountable. Yeah, because I think a lot of people, right, um, maybe some of our – maybe not everybody's like me. Um, sometimes I get a plan. I get down to it. I'm like, cool, these are my things. And then I get off track. I get off focus. Like how do you keep – how are you keeping yourself focused to actually execute the plan that you've just coached yourself to do? Deadlines really help me. So I want to do it by this date artificial deadline. Mm-hmm. So for example, the the whole Hope Project thing, we, I wrote a 40-day. It ended up being the length of a 40,000. It was, was 40,000 words, length of a nonfiction book. Um, I just made a commitment and I felt prompted by God to do it, mm-hmm. which helps. It really yeah. does help. When yeah. you feel like if you don't do this, you're disobeying God. That's for me, that always really does motivate me. But um, in that particular instance, there was a deadline by June 1st. It had to be done. If it wasn't, we couldn't get it edited. We couldn't get it uh, formatted. So that artificial, well, in that case, it was a real deadline that motivates me to back myself up. And I may, I may crunch to the last minute. I may even be a day or two late on it, but that deadline really does help. The other thing is I think in buckets. So I will plan my week in buckets. So like one of the things, one of my other things I want to do this year is some real estate type stuff, mm-hmm. invest in real estate. Um, and so I, I have a time in my calendar on Friday that I work on it, was whether it's reading book or reading blog, uh, blogs or talking to people about real estate, all that, that time chunk is there. So I'm moving forward on a project. So I, w- I want to I do something in real estate by the end of the year. There you so go. The, that commitment pushing it to my calendar makes me move it forward mm-hmm. on a weekly mm-hmm. basis. Do you um, do you ever feel yourself like getting unmotivated even though you have the deadline? Yeah, my uh, for sh- for sure. Um, there's a lot of times where I'll set time on my calendar and I just don't want to do the thing that I said. So that when I you do that, that's like that's like when you get up and you're like, I just don't want to work out today. Yeah. So like, how do you keep yourself motivated in that? Mm, I try to trick myself. So like. Um, I, was, I feel like we should do a podcast called Mind Games with Andy Wood. I I try to eliminate the decision. Hmm. So what, what do you mean by that? Well, it, it's a lot easier for me to work out if my clothes are set out. So I, I most nights I set my clothes out. It was funny this morning. I actually didn't work out because I I did some a bunch of recordings early, but I actually had my workout clothes on and took my workout clothes off. But I it's a it is a habit. Yeah. Every night I set my workout clothes out. I first thing when I get up when I'm making my coffee, I put my workout clothes on. That's one less decision I have to make. And I just find that if I if I don't do that, it's a lot harder for me. So I I just trick myself by saying, okay, I'm gonna, you know, Friday at this time, I'm gonna do da-da-da-da. Oftentimes I'll tell Stacy, I'll say, hey, hey babe, I'm I'm doing this if I feel really tempted. Um I try to keep as consistent of a time that I go to bed and wake up as possible, because that helps. It's like a, you know, treadmill that kind of keeps mm-hmm. me 
rolling, but I, ha- I have times where I hit waves. Um, if I, I find that if I am not feeling motivated, something's not right mm. for me personally. Um, and usually it's a sign to me. It's symptomatic of, well, I either A, am not getting enough rest. Mm. B, I'm not working on the right thing. Um, or C, I have some faulty paradigm in my mind of why w- my contribution's not making a difference. So, so instead of, so with that being said, instead of going back and saying, my plan is wrong, I, wo- I whoop the wrong thing. Yeah. Now it's, it might be, there's another thing that's keeping you from getting your plan done. Yeah. Yeah. You got to look at. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like really practical instances. Like when I, when I wrote the 40 day hope project, I wrote the, I wrote it in about a three week period of time. And there were a number of times that I scheduled to write and I didn't write. Yeah. And for me, in those moments, I honestly having Stacy be my accountability partner, and you can't always have your spouse be your accountability partner, but she it's probably not the best marriage advice. Yeah, <laughs> but she she's really good at like knee, she has a little phrase knees or buns knees or buns. That means you can sit on your knees or buns. I think she got it from another author, but you got to write. And so I just I I just took her words and it'd be knees or buns. So the other the other thing my dad used to say to me when I was a kid, and I say to myself. Um, when I don't want to do something, I, as a kid, I would say to my dad, I don't want to do it. <laughs> and like, my, my dad used to say to me, literally, David, and I don't know if this is like, I need therapy over it or if it's helpful. <laughs> but I, the, the phrase is, my dad would say, you don't have to want to do it to do it. And that, so I just say, I don't have to want to do it to do it. And that for me, it's like, oh, th- this is not a matter of something I need to want to do to do it. Yeah. And that that helps me stay on track. But I have bad days. My biggest thing is I waste when I'm tired and I'm not vo- motivated, I waste time. Mm-hmm. So I'll spend too much time on email or I'll, you know, do stuff on social media and I'm wasting time. So I have to come back to prioritizing buckets of time, big things I want to get accomplished every week and then look at it from a project base where I set deadlines and I want to get it done by a certain day. It's really good. So I think the important thing for everybody, you can walk away from it and go, I got a plan. I'm putting in deadlines. I'm maybe going to tell somebody. And then I just got to, I got, I love what the one thing that you said is you have these phrases that are coming back that are driving you. Even when I don't feel like doing it, I don't, have to want to want to. <laughs> you to don't do have it. to want to do it to but, do it. But you got these phrases that they keep you moving. Yeah. And these things that you've done. And I think that's a great way for us to keep moving. Yeah. The, uh, the other thing that happens to me is I get discouraged um, a lot. So I'll, I'll have really high expectations and mm-hmm. that will demotivate me because I'll be like, oh, it's taken way too long. It's, you're, you're not making nearly as much progress. And one of my little phrases is, is um, anybody who gets anything accomplished deals with the exact same thing you're dealing with right now. And for me, I'm like, oh, this is a part of the process. Anybody who wants to make progress on writing a book at some point has to figure out publishing an agent and, you know, there's no way around it. And so you got to just got to go through it. So So part of coaching yourself is coaching yourself even after you've you've coached yourself. Yeah. Which part of it, I think, for the great thing, again, for us to come back to in the very beginning, um, all of those who are listening today, you you can do this. Right. Because you don't have to have all the answers. 
coaching yourself is asking yourself questions, understanding, I love what you said, what's your feeling? What's my area I'm stuck? What's my obstacle? And I'm just, I'm asking all the questions to help devise a plan to conquer it. That's good. So one, one thing I would like to drill into in our next episode is coaching yourself has a lot of multifaceted elements to it. One of the elements to it is decision-making. So we've talked about yeah. implementation and execution. Yeah, yeah. Another side is when you have a really big decision that you have to make and you don't know what the right plan of action is, where you can get advice and we need to do that, but you can also coach yourself through a decision. So I'd like to come back next month Absolutely. you're cool with it and yeah. talk through that. Well, you know, one of the questions that came up was how do I make better decisions and make them faster? And yes. so this is going to be great. Next month, we can't wait to talk to you about how to make decisions. It's going to be a great podcast. Everybody, thank you so much for listening and joining in with us for episode five today of the Echo Leadership Podcast with Andy Wood. Um, hey, if this if this podcast episode has been helpful, uh, we would love to invite you to like it, share it, even watch this with your team, and then be sure to let us know how this how you're applying this. So if you're doing this as a team, if you're if you are coaching yourself and using the whoop, uh, let us know how it's going for you and even let us know your questions because we'd love to be able to address those. Absolutely. We'll take them next month. Thank you so much for joining us today. Have a great day. Bye.